0: Now, um, on the, on Monday, you heard, as I call him, May De force be with you, James Force, um, who's the Mako member for economic opportunities, asset management and investment in the city of Cape Town. And we've got this thing called Cape Town up and running that we're doing with the city. Just looking at how we're going to pick ourselves up at the scruff of the neck and you know, grab back the opportunities that were taken away by lockdown. It's important for us to get business up and running, but also responsibly. I'm not one of those people that, that goes out there going, let's get business up and running at all costs. I'm not going to sacrifice lives to be able to do that. So, um, you know, that obviously is the thread through whatever we discuss. But Cape Town Up and Running is brought to you by the City of Cape Town. So that's by City and Invest. Cape Town as well. So joining you to tell us more about, you know, what they do, because James for spoke about this last week. Um, you would have heard of Business Process Enabling South Africa, Bepesa Western Cape. Um, it's the city's strategic business partner responsible for growth and development of the call center and the BPO industry. We'll find out what that BPO means. It sounds like something doctors have to administer, but we'll find out more about that, right? But today I am joined by not just one chief executive. We have an incoming one as well. I'm a lucky man. So, Gareth Pritchard, CEO of Bepesa, good to have you on the show. Good morning, Keno. Great. And Clayton Williams, you're the chief skills officer, and I believe that you are the incoming CEO. Great to have you on as well. Good morning, Keno. Thanks for having me. Great. So, Gareth, let's start with you. Uh, Tell us the story of Bepesa, what you do, why you exist, your purpose. Yeah,
1: as you said, it's the business process enabling South Africa, what does that mean? Mm. In, in, for the average person, if you look at what happens in the contact center space, that's where you'll find business process outsourcing. So what we try and do is uh, bring organizations from overseas who are running their contact centers elsewhere um, and encourage them to set up the CAPE or more broadly in South Africa And um, uh, we we call it business process outsourcing because it's uh, what they're doing is outsourcing certain work processes um, to a different region. And and the Cape, um, as you know, has been pretty um, much at the forefront in Africa in attracting organizations such as Amazon. That's probably the best known in Cape Town at the moment um, over the last 10 plus years. And what we do, and I'll I'll happily pass on the baton to Clayton very, very quickly. But what we used to do when you and I first spoke, and that probably is nearer 10 years ago than than five years ago. But what we, what we tried to do was the investor promotion part. And we did a lot of attracting uh, Mm. Brits, Australians and Americans to come and settle in Cape town. And, Three years ago, we realized if, we got to, if we're going to get this right, we have to make sure that that talent pool is there. We have to make sure that this business is sustainable going forward. And that's why Clayton came on board almost three years ago as chief skills officer, because we wanted to make sure not only that the people were coming, that the demand side, that contact centers were being set up, but that we were doing the best. Possible job to ensure that the talent pool was ready for those um, new new um, new clients. Yep,
0: skills pipeline so important because uh, if you don't, you're going to end up bringing jobs in from overseas, and that doesn't always bode well. I mean, one has to create local skills to be able to make something like this work. Right now, Gareth, what makes Cape Town such a spectacular place? to put a call center. Um, so Amazon's here. They've got a huge operation, as you mentioned, a massive one, um, and there are other businesses as well. What makes Cape Town so appealing?
1: Look, I, uh, the, the obvious ones are, uh, you know, my I was born in the U.K. Yeah. Uh, you were born in South Africa, mm. and there's an easy communication. There's no, You're not slowing down to accommodate my language, and I'm not yeah. slowing down to accommodate your language. So that's the obvious one, that, that mm. cultural affinity, but I think um, uh, throwing the cost element as well, which is always a factor, and the rand is where it is at the moment. But even when the rand is strong, we're still um, we're still attractive from a financial point of view. Yeah. But I think what makes Cape Town and South Africa special is um, is are is the other people. And, um, and the ability of the average South African to develop a trust relationship extremely quickly. And you have to be quick on those phones. Um, mm-hmm. You have to um, display a massive uh, amount of empathy with the caller. And as time goes on, uh, that expectation from the end customers, your Amazon yeah. customers and, and your airline customers and your retail customers, is getting is getting more and more uh, is getting stronger and they expect um, uh, not only a, a, an answer but they expect an empathetic answer to to their questions. So yeah. I think that's where we're special and where South Africans yeah. are are unique in in being able to get that trust relationship extremely quickly.
0: Mm. Indeed. Now, that is Gareth Pritchett, by the way, the CEO of PAPESA. Um, now, Clayton Williams is the, uh, I like this title, the Chief Skills Officer. It's a very important thing to be doing in a business, I tell you. Uh, he's also the incoming CEO. So, Clayton, well, one one looks at lockdown and how it's affected this particular industry? Um, one has to obviously box pretty smart. Um, what has Bapesa done to try and mitigate the effects?
2: Um, yeah, Kino, I'll answer, because it's, it's within my remit, um, from a, a skills development perspective um, yeah. as a start. So we've seen our operator community and um, some of our suppliers that we partner with to deliver these skills programs. Mm. We've seen a rapid migration to online learning, um, to online recruitment and digitally enabled um, management of people. Yes. And I think the industry has not just been really resilient, but has been really creative in terms of solutioning um, you know, digital mechanisms to pretty much um, function at a BAU level, um, so with a minimal impact uh, to the operations and, and, and to the, the way that they trade. And I think we're definitely seeing that, you know, whilst COVID has been a crisis, um, this has forced the sector into an expedited um, migration to digital transformation. I I remember seeing a meme uh, a few weeks back with, you know, gave gave you a few options. Um, What has expedited your digital transformation strategy? Has it been your CEO Has it been your CFO or your chief (laughs) information officer or has it been COVID? And certainly we've seen, not just anecdotally, but empirically, that that migration has happened because of COVID and and businesses are delivering successfully and and winning new business um, off the back of, of proven capability.
0: Yeah, I think you do need a CCO in a business these days, the chief COVID officer. And that's the one who kicks ass (laughs) and says, you're not going to sit back and go to business as usual because COVID's taught us a lesson. And as the chief COVID officer, I'm making sure that we continue that momentum because a lot of businesses have all of a sudden gotten rid of layers of Um, you know needing to get things signed off etc and they've managed to get things working in their businesses in under a week sometimes which is unheard of where it would have taken months so you know the momentum is so important isn't it
2: yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, you know, we, we saw at the start of the lockdown, the businesses, you know, really kind of struggle to, to migrate hardware to, to individuals' workplaces as a, as a challenge. And now we see yeah. in some instances that uh, up to 70% of their workforce has been um, set up to work and deliver successfully at home. So I think yeah. that in this itself is a, is a really good news story.
0: So, you know, so you are currently, as I said, chief skills officer, going to be CEO, CEO. Um, What about, so we talk about skills and I love it when people talk about skills and everybody always talks about jobs. But what about local entrepreneurs that can help enable that particular industry? The premier always mentions to me, Pastor George. (laughs) I'm sure you guys have heard about Pastor George who uses poor people, uses Access to the internet and almost has a dispersed call center um where Where are we moving towards when it comes to other business inclusion in this as well that could you know be support to you know the the, the bigger players that do arrive.
2: Yeah. So, ironically, you mentioned, Pastor George, we actually, we've partnered on a few projects with him Ah. and just concluded one, um, very successfully so. So, I think, uh, to answer your question, Kina, I think Mm. the importance is that, um, you know, the entire ecosystem, small, medium or large, has a part to play in stress testing certain methodologies, certain um, ideas, certain mechanisms, and, and what we've seen through A Pastor Charles like um, environment is that, you know, for argument's sake, the community based contact center Mm. um, concept has been proven and and now. You know, is almost ready to take an international market as a, as a potential solution for South Africa. So I think what mm. we are seeing is, is a lot of the smaller businesses and enterprises um, testing certain hypotheses which can be scaled and represented as a, as a global competitive advantage. Mm.
0: Well, what about things, and I would imagine if an Amazon comes in, you'll have stuff like natural language processing that's being used. Um, are those type of skills, for example, being, being passed on to the smaller businesses? Um, so for for example when and I know very little about call centers <laughs> but the one thing I've learned in my studies is that when when you um, you have a call center you have the nlp the, the natural language processing understanding etc which is artificial intelligence backed up by an annotated database that'll be able to answer you know easy questions questions you know frequently asked questions etc but as soon as something unstructured comes into that particular space it gets handed over to a human being now is is that type of technology also being used to empower smaller players to be able to deliver effectively
2: yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the big organizations have um, introduced that into the country a few years back through mm-hmm. mechanisms like your chatbots. Yeah. But I think because that, it, that, that technology is available uh, now at a reasonable cost, we are seeing a lot of the small organizations making use and leveraging that technology um, to almost augment their existing operations and, and offerings. So definitely, uh, because it's become more, more well used and, and utilized, um, cost is no longer a factor. And we are seeing, you know, high-tech yet small enterprises compete um, both locally and and globally.
0: Now, with this handover taking place, Gareth, what are you going to be up to? I have a good question. Let me finish. Uh, If I may add a a comment to
1: what Clayton said. Please do, yes. Uh, So I think um, what you're seeing, what we have as a challenge is we want scale. So we haven't mentioned numbers as yet, but they're roughly... Uh, 30,000 young people in Cape Town now servicing international markets wow. um, that's, uh, uh, pre-COVID and that's pre covid and that's we don't have the official number at the moment but let's assume we'll wow. get back to that asap so the the challenge uh, we all have is um, including everyone uh, locally uh, but also attracting the big guys the guys who bring in a thousand seats and 2000 yes. seats and I think what shouldn 't be underestimated is is the supply chain that we have you know when we get to thirty thousand um, uh, seats uh, and and young people working in this sector, what oh. does that mean from a supply chain point yes. of view transport uh, canteens yes. uh, security guards and and that often gets um, um, uh, doesn 't get mentioned, and I think it 's mm. a, a vital part of the right. whole. The value chain, if you like, is is who plays what part. It's not just the big guys um, creating the one thousand or two thousand jobs. It's, um, it's 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 all the people they need once they once they get their act together.
0: And, and um, yeah, I, I think it's such an important point. So it's a discussion we had around Hisense. So Hisense initially came in in Atlantis. They created around what three hundred odd jobs, probably a little more now. We'll, we'll, I'm not sure what the latest figures are. But I said, but what about the supply chain? That, that 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 goes yeah. into everything that you just talk about, but then also enabling local people to help provide services into that. So technical. So so from a pr- production point of view, you know, yeah. are there certain components that we can now, through this partnership, start producing in South Africa? So maybe produce five percent of it or two percent of it, and then sort of scale that up. Um, yeah. Is that something you buy into? Yeah can we be world leaders in work from home
1: solutions? We have yeah. we have the technology um, and you mentioned uh, we we should not leave the call without mentioning the support we get from the force be with you with, yes. with James Foss and his team, <laughs> but also you had um, David Mania on earlier and, and Tim, Tim Harris the other day um, without them, uh, and the DTI on a national level. Without mm. all of these partners, we wouldn't be doing what we're uh, what we're doing. Mm. But yeah, I agree. I think um, we we could be world leaders uh, um, in in supplying solutions. Let's just take for example the work from home solutions. And 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 could we be doing more um, from a from an AI perspective with our silicon tape um, opportunities? Yes. Mm. Can we work together? And we do work very closely with um, Cape IT Initiative yeah. to to come up with solutions where at, uh, at first glance, the, the human element is taken out of it because technology jumps in. Mm. But thankfully, to your point earlier, um, there's always a human element. And the more technology that's thrown upon us, the Zooms exactly. and the, uh, everything we've all become accustomed to now, <laughs> you do need uh, at the end of the day, when it doesn't work, you need that empathetic individual to um, yeah. to to be supporting you.
0: I love it. And um, it's, it's good to know that everybody's working together, national, local, regional level. Um, you know, it certainly gives me hope. So I want to thank both of you for joining us. Um, you know, good luck with what you're going to be up to in the future, Gareth, and good luck, Clayton, taking over the reins. And, I mean, you've obviously been an integral part of this particular space uh, for some time now. Uh, Good luck to you taking the organization forward. So good to have both of you on the show today.
2: Thanks so much for the
0: opportunity. opportunity. Have a wonderful day, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank you. It is six minutes to 11.